Star Wars 7x7 episode 1445. Today, Scoundrel Business, we are looking at how Solo, a Star Wars story, performed at the box office on its fourth weekend of release. Punch it, Chewy. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Helen's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. So here we are, it is day 24 after the release of Solo, a Star Wars story, or at least it was yesterday, I'm recording it on day 24. And we are at 193 million or 195 million, depending on whose estimates you're working from. Apparently Solo took in just over 9 million at the box office this weekend, good enough for fourth place behind The Incredibles debut, which we knew that was going to be a Bafo one and it was $180 million domestically. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a huge one. Ocean's 8 getting knocked from the top spot now in second place. And Tag, also a new movie debuting, and that's in third place, featuring the voice of Boba Fett, John Hamm. He was, of course, the voice of Boba Fett in the From a Certain Point of View audiobook that collected, you know, 40 short stories telling the story of Star Wars from 40 different points of view, lesser points of view, as it were. So now the betting begins as to whether Solo will be able to make it to the 209 million domestic opening of the Empire Strikes Back way back when in 1980. I think it will, probably so. It made another 5 million or so internationally as well. And oddly, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is opening internationally and in and around different markets well before the United States. Usually North America gets it first, if not, you know, maybe a day after, say, you know, I know it's opened in London. Stuff is opened in London a day before it's opened in the U.S., for example, but they're releasing it weirdly to avoid a competition with the World Cup of all things, and it seems to be working for them so far because it's already made hundreds of millions of dollars internationally, and it'll be coming out this Friday here in the United States. As to whether Solo, you know, will continue to creep along <laughs> in the box office after Fallen Kingdom comes out, well, I'm, uh, it's hard to say. I'm looking at our local movie theater, which is an eight screen affair, and Solo's still playing there, and they've got Incredibles on two screens, and then everything else is on one screen. So, I don't know. I think, you know, Incredibles goes to one screen, and then it's going to be either Book Club or Hereditary that goes away, I'm guessing. I don't know, just rolling the dice on that one. But I can't tell you how many people this weekend, just being out and about, have said to me, oh yeah, like, we haven't seen Solo yet, but we're totally going to go see it. And I don't know if that's just, you know, people saying it to me because they know I'm a Star Wars guy or <laughs> something like that. But, you know, I, I operate under the presumption that most people are being genuine about these things. They don't have to make excuses to me for any of their behavior like, oh, I didn't see it or anything. No, you know, most people are not like that and and I haven't had that experience with it. So it's really interesting that it's just such a slow burn for some people. I guess it is because of that whole it's not an event movie mentality, right? And so maybe people are just not making the time to get there. But, you know, with everything going on at the end of the school year for parents and so forth, it's not that easy. And yeah, I guess it could be easy. You could say it's easy, perhaps, because you look at The Incredibles 2 doing $180 million, and well, I guess people will go see it if they want to go see it. But yeah, it is just not a priority, even though it appears to be something that is still on a lot of people's radar, even just locally people that I talk to who are not diehard Star Wars fans, who are not 
really that deeply invested in the franchise who just, you know, know that Star Wars movies are generally good fun and that they want to go see a Star Wars movie. And Solo dropping down to fourth place also included the fact that it lost about 1,100 screens, so it's not as easy to see. So if you haven't seen it yet or you haven't seen it enough yet, well, it's about to get a little bit more difficult and will probably get still a little bit more difficult next weekend. But I will say that despite that drop, Scott Mendelson over at Forbes of the Ticket Booth column is saying that that's actually a very decent hold, especially considering the drop to 1100. So I like hearing little positive things <laughs> like that. So, you know, that at least is good news. At least there's some, you know, silver lining in the whole thing. But I think, you know, the biggest bummer of it all is that, you know, I really enjoyed the movie and Alden Ehrenreich is signed for three pictures. So, you know, you get the idea in your head that, you know, if Lucasfilm had had their druthers and, you know, got things to work the way that they wanted them to work, and if the box office had turned out much better, that they would consider doing a whole Han Solo trilogy. And I'm all for Han Solo trilogies by all means. But, you know, with something like this, I mean, you know, part of the issue is the rift with Lord and Miller and having to bring Ron Howard in and the cost of the reshoots that they had to do and then, you know, the budget and then throwing the marketing on it and then throwing the, you know, cut to all the movie theaters and so forth that it's just, you know, it's not going to end up being a picture that makes money, unfortunately. And so it makes it a little bit harder to run the gamble on a second movie with Alden Ehrenreich, considering that the first one has not done as well as anybody would have hoped. It almost puts you in the, oddly enough, the Mimban scenario, you know, the idea that George Lucas still wanted to make a Star Wars sequel and his idea for Splinter of the Mind's Eye was going to be the low-budget sequel to the original Star Wars if it turned out that the original Star Wars did not do as well at the box office as it happened to, so bizarrely, we have Mimban and Solo a Star Wars story, and we're in a situation where this particular Star Wars movie did not do as good at the box office, so maybe, just maybe, somebody's got an idea for what the next Solo a Star Wars story 2 would have been, and maybe if we don't get a movie version of it, we'll get at least a novel version of it, and I think that would be pretty cool. But as far as Solo A Star Wars Story 1 goes, you know, there may still be more time than we think to see it in theaters. Not that I want you to delay or anything, but I just looked back at the last movie to be released on Memorial Day weekend. So last year's Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales. And that sucker is showing that it had box office profits all the way into September. So maybe Solo is going to last a bit longer and maybe it's going to make a little bit more money than we all think it will. We'll keep our fingers crossed for it, but... That is going to do it for our Scoundrel Business episode looking at Solo's box office performance after its fourth weekend in theaters. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with Last Jedi Trivia. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do, so please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. 
All right, so last time I asked you what General Hux said before Supreme Leader Snoke dropped him to the floor, and that was, ah, good, Supreme Leader, and he didn't quite finish the word leader, but it was, ah, good, Supreme Leader, as as much as he got out. Now, today's question for you, why is it that the Resistance can't get away, according to General Hux at that moment? And that is going to do for the podcast today. Thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you are consuming this podcast, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go into hiding in the desert, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a crazy old hermit, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.